Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? Bro, I'm doing great, bro. Just had a pint of uh, some old Guinness and uh, just feeling good. It's got my tummy all warm. Starting this week out. Good to see you. All right, so Brandon Newman has still not given up his attempt at a British accent in honor of the proceedings at Wimbledon. Dear God. I will say, I, not giving up is one thing, but uh, shout out to Dan Chris, the homie. He said that I have my accent. It's here. It's just only 31% downloaded. So still waiting for it to fully upload. Yeah, you're like the cover of an Animorphs book in like the third or fourth image between the child eventually <laughs> becoming a lizard. Hey, That's don't, don't, slip on the, don't slip on the flip pages, too. You know what I mean? I'm probably around uh, back, page back 60, 70. 
Yeah, no, so still time to go on that one, which is good because we've got time and we've got a great show for you guys today. No guests of Mike and Brandon show right now as we uh, get through the summer here. A lot of traveling on the road, kind of busy to get through schedules here, but we like to get to sit with each other every once in a while. And thankfully, coming off the weekend, there's a lot of stuff to get to here. Um, Big news, we mentioned the tennis that went on this weekend, Formula One car caught on fire this weekend, Ferrari fans are upset at me, and we have got yet another athlete sending very, very cryptic messages with their social media accounts in the middle of a very, very contentious offseason, but we'll get to that in a little bit here as well, Brandon. Um, But I mentioned last week we talked at length. We had a bunch of great guests. And again, thank you to Lane Johnson, Teron Armstead, Jeff Schwartz, my dad, Paige Demakos. If you missed any of those podcasts, it was awesome last week to get to talk a little bit of big boy ball, a lot of football in general. Uh, But I did have the the O-Line Masterminds uh, Summit this weekend down in Dallas. I was there with all of those guys, and we got to consummate Beef Week with – a whole bunch of big guys in a thankfully very air conditioned room because man, Texas, y'all do heat different. Mm-hmm. It was, I left dinner at nine o'clock on Friday night when I was there and I walked out and it was sun fully down, 95 degrees. Stop. I said, I, I, I don't know whose gods at work down here, but it's not mine. Not no, no sun 95. That, that means, that means. That means it's hot. And you know what else is hot, too? You know what else? It's hot, too. But I will will say, outside of the the heat, it was really cool what they've done with that event. And obviously, we've talked about how there's tight end U, there's Von Miller's Pass Rush Summit. This was made to sort of counter Von's Pass Rush Summit. And, And Brandon, and being there last year, you know, there was, you know, a lot of time before spent going over specific NFL edge rushers, how to actually counter some of these guys, things to do. I'd say what was really like the coolest about this weekend was what it's become is kind of a lot of what we talked to those guys about last week. It's really trying to give young guys a leg up. And whether that is some of the young pros that were there getting to listen to like Hall of Famers like Willie Willie Rofe, Mark, you know, uh, Stephen Hutchinson, Mark Schlereth was there, Olin Krutz, Willie Anderson, like these guys with tons of really great NFL football under their belts. Yeah. Not only talking and addressing to a whole group that was upwards of 200 guys, but then you have like individual breakout sessions where I'm watching, you know, just the stuff that was the coolest to me, watching a guy like Trey Smith who was – uh, great p- uh, pickup for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ended up starting a whole bunch of this season for them. One of the great young parts of an offensive line that completely re- remade itself. Super talented, like had all the medical reasons why he ended up going undrafted out of Tennessee. Watching him stand around like a sponge, picking up what Steve Hutchinson was saying, a Hall mm. of Famer who paved the way on one of the best left sides of an offensive line we've ever seen in Seattle. Like That was cool because you saw so many of the young players, and that was college players too, college coaches that were there, that had a real understanding of the opportunity that was in front of them and the kind of history that was in that room and seemed to genuinely relish that opportunity. So that's a, a thing that I, I think now we always talk about and I always mention Twitter's so cool because it gives you access to guys that you may not have had. Like some of those guys, when they follow you on Twitter and you've got the chance to do that, that's one thing. But to actually get to like 
break bread and talk about your craft and spend time with these guys just learning about being a professional I thought was such a cool thing so again kudos to Lane Johnson Duke Manyweather and company for what they did with that because I think it's really special yeah I think they're doing a really serve doing a great service to football for the future I listen to that, and I, all I can think of is I would have loved to go gone to a summit, 200-plus people specifically for D-linemen at any point in time in my career uh, to help, you know, better understand the game uh, from professionals. So that that sounds like a – obviously they've been doing it for a long time. They're getting more and more steam every year, and hopefully next year is even bigger. Yeah, this was year five, and, and I really think it's only going to grow more and more. So thanks to all those guys for having us out. It was a ton of fun. Speaking of fun, Brandon, um, we always appreciate when people join in on our fun, downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing Gojo wherever you get your podcasts. And I did want to shout a couple of these out because we asked some people some important questions for some help. Leave we us did, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Leave us a review. And one of the things that we asked for was, A, you know, continually what Brandon should do for this, that, and the third. And shout out to Vega Don Juan, who tweeted, who sent us a review, 7822, which uh, at that point of sending was not yet a date that had, oh, oh no, it was a date that had happened. That was last week. I'm an idiot. I didn't look up which this Friday. third intro that was. I don't remember what you did for that one, but that this, that, and the third intro was five stars. Bring that back. Ain't too, ain't too proud to pick. Ain't too proud to pick. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse right. this, that, and the third. Yes. There we go. All right. Shout Strong out. performance from you on that, so I didn't want that okay. to go unnoticed here that okay. uh, the people Thank have you. spoken. Thank you, Vega. Your, prep, your preparation has gone well, but we did ask because the bio of our Twitter page, at Gojo Show, was currently sitting with a football podcast hosted by Mike Golick Jr., which obviously <laughs> does not tell the whole story, and so we asked for a little bit of help of what this should be. And Brandon, you said it before the show, and I think you're right. We need to at least change it for a little bit to show that yes. we are men of honor, because Always 121 left us a five-star rating and a review that said the bio should be, quote, a podcast about football and following strange men into their basements in honor of Brandon Newman at one point in time just going into the basement of some strange old man in his neighborhood unprompted in a way that could have gotten him murdered. It wasn't like a meeting. I didn't like, like oh, I got to go to that random person's house and you know go to his basement. I was walking, and I got called in. I got summoned. I got catcalled, if you will. Hey, come over here. You like football? You like music? Come to my basement. You know, that was enough for me. He didn't mention the football thing, to be honest with you. He just said music. But I digress. I hear you. I feel seen. Thank you. Uh, uploading or updating the header now. That's not the header. That's the bio. That's the bio. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You know what I'm, y'all know what I'm talking about. I just want to make sure we get this right. So, again, thank you to the people for yes. reaching out, for understanding, and for appreciating our bullshit on that front. We'll get that turned around and get it right because we're always looking for helpful feedback and criticism, and we want to get better. Um, but, Brandon, since you started off with your British accent, it feels like we might need to start off with a little Wimbledon because I, I think this generally is an interesting question posed to every sport that we saw go on on Sunday because at Wimbledon, Novak Djokovic – one over Nick Kyrgios. He won in four sets. Um, he wins his fourth consecutive Wimbledon, his seventh overall. Only Rough or excuse me, only Roger Federer has more Wimbledon titles with eight. And now only Rafael Nadal has more Grand Slam titles with twenty-two. 
Um, wrote, uh, Novak Djokovic has 21 at this point. Yes, and yes he does. It, it, it's so weird because we talk about that history for Novak Djokovic, who's, listen, a guy that doesn't come into this with a sterling reputation. He's already talked about how he's not going to be at the U.S. Open because he's unvaccinated and he has no plans to get vaccinated. And so that is a you know grand slam that he will not be participating in because of that that he's been outspoken on. Certainly some of his own on-court theatrics have been things that have rub people the wrong way but we were sitting here getting ready to record this and as of that point Nick Kyrgios was still trending in a loss in the Wimbledon final the unseated challenger in this event Brandon became the story of the match and whether it was him constantly seeming to be arguing with his own box him pleading with the uh, court judge to throw out a woman who he claimed was the one that looks like she had 700 beers all of it was on full display, the full <laughs> Nick Kyrgios experience. And I, I looked at that. I looked at not only watching the match itself, but watching the way that people were processing it. And that's people that have watched a lot more tennis than I have, people that have watched a lot more tennis than even you who watched the entire weekend and hey. managed to craft an awful British accent out of it. But the reaction always seemed to be mixed, whatever it was. And I think, honestly enough, my mom said it best. I find him very interesting because to me, interesting is not mm. a judgment of good or bad. It's just yes. an admission that he draws eyes. And the yes. fact that he is able to do that, Brandon, the fact that he was one of the stories, and granted, being unseated in the final, knowing that part of the reason he was there is because Rafa Nadal had to pull out because of injury in the semifinal, right. and he got to go through. All, all of that certainly adds to it. But to me, it was about personality. It's about the way he conducts himself. It's about all of those on-court theatrics, him arguing with constantly with anyone, it seemed, who, who would be out there on the court. Yeah, he was a guy that drew interest even at a tournament like Wimbledon that is already going to do so much for that even in a time where between Joker, Federer, and Nadal we have arguably the three greatest men's tennis players in history it's been called the golden age of men's tennis for that reason Nick Kyrgios felt like the reason more people were tuned into that than they normally would be and while Listen, it might not be the way I would ever conduct myself. It might not be the way I'd ever want someone who was, you know, a son or a relative or someone of mine to conduct themselves in any setting. I think especially in a sport like tennis that normally is one that prides itself on a certain amount of decorum and the way that you go about this, especially at a place like Wimbledon, I feel like having one guy who acts like that, and again, this is not a commentary on his off-court behavior or the pending legal situation that he's got in front of him. This is the on-court character that is Nick Kyrgios and saying tennis does, I think, have room, and really every sport has room for someone like that that's an agitator. Like, he yes. is a full-blown agitator, and it's so different than what we're generally used to. And listen, this is a sport where people complain, people break rackets, people throw tantrums all the time. Like, right. the mentality of an individual sport is already so different in so many ways, sports psychology-wise, that I have trouble identifying with a lot of the portions of what tennis players and what golfers go through because it's so foreign to what we dealt with in team sports where right. you have so many other people and so many other things to think about. And in these individual sports, the biggest enemy you have is often the six inches in between your ears. Like there's right. so much different about that and the way it goes when he was, you know, talking about trying to get that woman thrown out. 
when you are so focused on that and every fraction of an inch matters in a place that is normally a more sterile environment, you can understand why the way he's brought up leads to that. But do, do you agree with that, that there's place in you know tennis, golf, some of these sports for guys that are a little bit of, for lack of a better term, a chaos agent? Yes, I 100% agree. I say that because Nick Karios got me into tennis. Like, this is the first Wimbledon that I've sat down and watched in full without a Serena, uh, without a Williams sister in it. Like, this is the first time I've, like, sat down and watched the gentleman's tournament, uh, the, the gentleman's final. Uh, and I was drawn like no other because this guy Karios. Now, obviously, I was before because I didn't watch many Nick Karios matches before this, the, um, th- this final, this championship. But, man, was I intrigued by, like, who is he yelling at now? Did you hear what he said? Uh, he would do all this, like, scream in between the match. I thought he was trying to get in Djokovic's head by, like, taking him off, by, like, trying to distract him by yelling at somebody. And then he'll come out and do one of those, those serves, those ace serves that no one can even attack or hit. Mike, it was to the point where he was serving uh, – Djokovic up, and he wasn't even waiting for a return. Now, obviously, Djokovic isn't great at returning all the time, but he he was betting on it to be an ace. Like, there was multiple times where he let a point go by because his feet weren't even ready to – he didn't think that his his serve was going to get returned. He's like a he's like a sharpshooter uh, with an attitude, and obviously we know Australians are a little bit more uh, braggadocious and, and, and boisterous and, and – Traditionally masculine, see uh, Russell Crowe, <laughs> but like, like what? Is I love that how fair? Russell. I love how Russell Crowe. Uh, honestly, it's just for me because I have the vision of Russell Crowe from Thor: Love and Thunder that I saw this weekend. You saw it this is, weekend, where he is anything but like the picture of masculinity because he's big okay. and chubby in that movie. Okay, but we know who he is because of Gladiator. So fair. fair. Let's not forget. Um, but anyways, I, I say all to say. It was amazing. I, I was impressed. I don't even care. I, I know I was wrong on these other podcasts. I said Djokovic doesn't have a bunch of Wimbledons. Wimbledons. Yes, he has most than anyone. He's <laughs> he defended yeah, for the third he's, time. He's, 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 tra- he's trailing only Roger Federer, one of the all-time greatest players, and just won his fourth straight. Right. Yes, exactly. So very wrong in, in that department. But... I loved at the end of the of the match. I loved at the end of the match when they were talking to each other. You saw Karios and uh, Djokovic just like really like loving up on each other. Happy that it was over, but also um, kind of every everyone knew this was going to happen, but everyone wanted to see how it happened. Everyone didn't expect Karios to kind of like throw in the towel. He had some like uh, unforced errors, were like up in the fifties because he was just like just hitting things out of this to start the set over or to get to the next game or get to the next, uh, the next set. But it was, it was riveting. And then Kate Middleton was watching in addition. It was in London. It was on grass. It was like, it was beautiful. It was marble. And it was just this guy with his backwards hat, just jacking his jaw at whoever's listening and arguing with the ref. And then at the end of it, just say like, you know what? I don't even know if I'm going to be back here ever again. He's. I don't know if I'm gonna be a Wimbledon ever again. I don't know if I'm gonna be accepted. Almost acknowledging the legal troubles that he's in, and also saying that he doesn't know if he's ever gonna make it to a final again because this is the first time he's been uh, in the championship. So I just love that someone so good is so reckless and seems to care so. 
he obviously cares because that's why he gets so frustrated. But I love that he also could give a shit less. Well, and, and that's break the, the wheel, I, break the I, wheel of tennis now. Well, and I, I'm not saying that people have to like it. Because, again, like, his behavior is never something that I would want someone I love to emulate. Like, I would not love any – like, I don't want anyone who's Like a who's fan related. of or, someone, or your cousin? Like, I'm saying if, like, if I had a son or a daughter who was playing, I would never want them to approach the game the way Nick Kyrgios approaches the game. Really? Because just – yeah, would you? Yeah. Why not? I don't, I don't keep talking. I'm like I, I don't. Well, I would say I don't say that, and I don't want this to sound like pearl clutchy because again, I don't know Nick Curios, and he is not someone that affects my life. And him having a boatload of talent, which I mean, we heard on the announcers all weekend long and all week long, like it frustrates so many people. And we tend to see this in a lot of sports where I mean, look at the way people talked about Andrew Wiggins and how quick they were to try and lump dirt on him yes, because yes. they see a ton of talent. And when the talent doesn't live up to it, whether that is just because of on-court production and the way it was for Wiggins for so long, or when it's Nick Kyrgios and it's perceived that your own approach to this is what's been holding you back. Like even Joker's coach commented after it and said, you know, he saw here once he started talking, we knew like, you know, we had a chance to get him off his game more or less. Like they saw that as an opening, not an attempt on the other side. Like they saw it as a lack of composure and that's fine. Like, again, if he's got a boatload of talent and wants to go about it his own way and do it his own way, like, that's fine by me. I don't really give a damn. The guy was trying between the leg shots and underhand serves in a Wimbledon final. Like, that level of audacity he can, he with completed. talent. That was, that was a part of, a, that was a part of val- volleys for him. I, I, that's what I mean. Like, that stuff is also an awesome part of why we watch sports. Because most people could never dream of being as talented as him. But most people can understand, like, working hard, following the rules, all that stuff. That's why we're generally so averse to these characters in sports. And so, again, it may not be something I would personally endorse for myself or a loved one, but that doesn't mean I also want to tear it out of the sport. Now, tennis isn't the sport that I grew up loving the way I did football, but even with football, I always try and remind myself of that. It's just – it's what you said. It's a stage like Wimbledon that generally has one perception of being very prim and proper being associated like you know he got you know i I mean just listen to what he racked up in this week he racked up fourteen thousand dollars in fines one for spitting at a heckling spectator in the first round the other for cursing wildly during his win against sitsipis caught flack for wearing a red hat and sneakers at a place where everybody knows you're just out here wearing white and you know he wore a red hat at the at the (laughs) at the end of the championship well, and, and I, 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 yeah. I looked at it, I was like, that feels rebellious. And, and like all of, all of it is, like it, it's it's just what he brings every time he's involved. And this is one of those spots where the talent caught fire enough and caught the right situation enough for her to, him to end up in that spot. And so, again, I don't think you have to like it. That's why I, I love going back to my mom's word. He is interesting. In a sport where I think we have generally accepted these three guys, and on the women's side, it was really Serena Williams for the longest time. 
mm-hmm. are going to be the ones winning anything of note. And there's been very little else for people to sink their teeth into, I think, in quite some time, especially for Americans that are just coming into this from a more casual fan standpoint. And we know every sport's at war for casual eyeballs. And much like when Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka were beefing in golf and people thought that was a little unbecoming, those are always the things I look at and go, all right, again, you don't have to endorse it, but I also don't think we need to worry about like gnashing our teeth and trying to pull it out of the sports. There's room for all of it, even if it's not something you would personally ascribe to. I I agree, but I, I don't like that people are – I guess maybe it's just accurate journalism or accurate analysis, but I feel like the announcers were kind of calling for Kyrgios' downfall. Like I think uh, at the very end – uh, John McElroy, they were just kind of k- kicking around talking about basically if Kyrgios will uh, win his first Grand Slam and and if he's able to have a long career, uh, a long successful career, the way, you know, Federer, Djokov- uh, Djokovic, or Nadal has. And, he, and one of the announcers said, which I thought was clearly hating, that he doesn't believe Kyrgios will have a percent of the careers that Djokovic has because he doesn't have it in between the ears. And we know that tennis is such a mental sport. We know, meaning the people who, like me, just started paying attention recently. But And how much you can lose it between the ears and, and it be the, the end of your game because it's such a, a finesse and skilled and you know precise game. But I feel like the community should be – well, he's put them in a precarious uh, situation because they can't really champion the dude other than talking about him because he's got allegations out here and he makes the thing look even crazier. It's like it's all about proximity, right? Like I look wild and crazy sitting next to you, but if I was sitting next to my brother, who we both know, I look pretty tame. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah, there's, oh, it's context, all about pers- context is everything. Right. It, it's context is everything with this. And you're right. I think in this sport that very much does a lot of gatekeeping, quite honestly. Yes. Tennis is a sport that has always felt and been lumped into that category of country club sports that felt like it's only for a certain section of people. And this kind of stuff only serves to fuel that. I will, you know, I will say there's part of it that also even for tennis fans watching him operate the way he does may feel a certain way, but to that question, like, he can win in moments like this. He can catch fire with that kind of talent. We see in every sport, though, and this goes back to, you know, when Lane Johnson famously talked about winning his Super Bowl in Philadelphia the way that they did mm-hmm. and said, I would rather win one this way, having fun with what we did, than win, you know, four or five the way the Patriots do, operating in such a rigid regime. We see this with Alabama and college football. We see this with dynasties like UConn where – When you get to these factories, there's a rigid way of doing things that sometimes seems to take the fun out of all of them, but is no doubt effective because limiting the variables over a long run is one of the only ways you're going to give yourselves enough opportunities to win at a big moment on a high enough level to accomplish at that standpoint. But talent and the right timing and great thing coming together can get you wins in plenty of places. I'm sure Nick Kyrgios can find a way to be successful again in one way or another in short bursts, but John McEnroe is not totally wrong in the fact that, no, he will not accomplish anywhere close to what those guys can, and I'm sure Nick Kyrgios would be the first person to tell you that. Yeah, and I guess it's just, you know, not the why does he have to, because that's what everyone's expecting, and that's what everybody wants out of their, you know, most elite talent, but, you know, the guy's 27 years old. 
at this point in time, at this juncture, this reality that we live in, this 2022 little world, COVID, you know, Djokovic, one more win for the un- unvaxxed, no jabbers. Like, I, I think I'm okay with someone not having the amount of uh, the amount of rings in that same argument. Like, I'm, I'm okay oh. with less rings as long as it's it's more interesting. Because I, I think because I whatever's going to get me through the door and keep me here. I think I am generally a proponent of, in sports, people being themselves. Yes, And obviously that needs to stop short of being a danger to others, doing harm to others. Like hopefully. All all of that is obviously, you know, I hope an obvious subtext to what I'm saying there, but I've always said you get better out of everyone in the equation when people are allowed to be themselves, and every sport has rules. Every store has, you know, a sport has uh, a code of conduct for players amongst players, rules written in, but at the end of the day, I don't think they should stop people from expressing their personality even if that personality is not something that you know just on a you know binary like or dislike level a lot of us don't necessarily vibe with it made it interesting it made it compelling even in a match where like we said not everyone loves joker it gave a lot of people someone that they were so curious about why he was even here and how he got here and that brought a lot of people in and so i think we see that pop up in a lot of sports where you either have people that are misunderstood or people that just don't give a shit about how they're perceived and don't give shit about maximizing their talent or ability they know they've got the ability to do this a lot of people when we know plenty of people may not even love the thing they're playing but understand it's the best way for them to make money and it's the opportunity that's there because of the gifts that they've got here and so however it works out there it made for an incredibly interesting Wimbledon final on Sunday so Joker got that one done uh Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself, and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it, and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road, and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, Trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to Seed.com slash Gojo and use code 25GOJO to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at Seed.com slash Gojo, code 25GOJO. Brandon, before we get to a break and get to this, that, and the third, I do want to ask about another thing because you talked about the way that we perceive athletes, and that's what a lot of this comes down to, right? The way that we digest all of this. You're a Baltimore Ravens fan. When you mm. saw Lamar Jackson change the header on his Twitter page to a set of gold teeth that said, 
I need dollar sign. I need money on them. Mm-hmm. Did you read that as any sort of commentary on his long-standing now off-season long contract? I won't say dispute, but a lack of a long-term agreement on a contract with the Ravens. I think it is a subtle subtweet to the ether of the world. I think that's what he's on. I think he might just be in deep negotiation talks with him and his mother, you know, uh, burning the midnight oil. Hopefully yeah, he at is, Waffle House. He, he is, he, him and his mother are his representation. He does not have an agent. For anyone that's unfamiliar with Lamar Jackson, he does not have a traditional agent representing him. Right. So I feel like that is a uh, – that is a microcosm of how he's feeling. Like, grill out, show your teeth, uh, shout out to Paul Wall in Houston, and, you know, uh, Rob the Jewish storyteller, make a ring grill, you know, that, that banger that we grew up with a long Which, time ago. And, and, and reference-wise, he also said it was about, you know, it was from the movie How High. Like, he said he thought it was funny. He put it up there. He, you know, went on to say, I don't know why people are blowing it up. I just saw Bleacher Report post it. They just take anything that's posted on social media and blow it up and try and think for you. I don't take it too seriously. They're making it seem like I'm talking to the Ravens when I'm not. Our contract discussion is going on already, but it ain't about that, though. I think think it's about all of those things, because if he's watching How High – he might just be in good spirits while he's uh while he's uh negotiating his contract uh with with mom with mom dukes by his side because that is a very funny uh movie and i need money is a very funny character who speaks who is uh i believe he's silent I think he needs money but he doesn't speak i need money i don't know maybe go go check in on that uh but i i would i would say it's it's not i'll say it's something it's something, and I and I wish I could say if I was following, I am following him, but I wish I knew if he always had any Ravens reference in his headline because I don't see that. So that gives me a little pause, even though I know he is down with the Ravens and wants to win a Super Bowl in Baltimore. And uh, I I personally think he's not thinking about compensation as much, but as Mr. Sycamore came on his podcast and said, he should be one of the highest paid quarterbacks. Are that they part, say that? Yeah, and, and okay. he's right. And uh, listen, yeah. we we all agree with that, and we've said both sides of this feel like this has always been a pairing that wants the best long term. I will say though, this is like a probably a good reminder because even if Lamar Jackson didn't believe that you got to have some awareness of that, right? Like, if you don't want to answer – and this is one of those things I always said my goal going into the locker room, and this is just, you know, how I was raised by my dad, how I was brought up to, like, approach the team setting is I never wanted to say anything in the media that my teammates were going to have to answer for. Mm. Because we know how a lot of this stuff works, right? If you say something wild in the media, the first thing everyone's going to do when they go into open locker rooms are go to other players and say, well, so-and-so said this. How do you feel about that? So-and-so said right. this. How do you feel about that? When we used to at Notre Dame go to media availability, our SID, our sports information director, as we're walking down the hall, would be walking us down and say, hey, this is who wants to talk to you, and this is what the head coach already said today. This is what the starting quarterback already said today. So you understand, this is what's out here. This is what people have said. If there's right. something you know, message-wise we want to convey, this is what you've got available to you. That's all you know, going on in the press conference setting. I'll never forget it when I was in um, off-season camp with the New Orleans Saints. Sean Payton, their head coach at the time, gets up and addresses the room and always says at the beginning of the off-season when the rookies come in, the young guys like me who are, who are new around the team, 
And he said, you know, when it comes to Twitter, he goes, every time you get on and, and put on a tweet when you are now a member of the NFL and in that fraternity, every time you hit send on a tweet, you're tapping the microphone in your own personal press conference. Because that's the way the media machine is wired to feed on this stuff right now. We got people in buildings inside media companies whose job I'm sure it is as young people to go and see which players liking whose stuff. When does Kyler Murray scrub his entire social media page from Cardinal stuff? Everyone is paying attention to this stuff. And so with my MO of not wanting to make problems for my teammates, that's one thing. If you're Lamar Jackson and you don't want to answer questions about this, then every once in a while it's probably going to behoove you to say, hey, you know what? Maybe throwing the header up's not worth it if I don't want to have to answer questions about this stuff right now. I already have the, you know, distinction of representing myself in this so people can come directly to me and I don't have the cop out of hey you know we hear a lot of guys say I let my agent handle that stuff with the team I'm just looking forward to being the best quarterback that I could be for this team this year when you're the one negotiating it it changes that dynamic a little bit and so my thought on that is yes are we sometimes too focused on every little thing Absolutely. We could all be better as a media engine about that. At the same time, if it is just something funny and it's really not a message about anything and you know, like, all right, this is the way things are working right now, even if we believe it should be better, maybe it's just as simple. Like, there is plenty of stuff, Brandon. I don't tweet out if I don't want my mom texting me about it. Like there's just some things like, hey, if I, you know, if I had a bad day and something went wrong, and it's really not that anything that bad. And I think about you know you, doing what a millennial would do and like subtweeting right. with some Drake lyrics or something depressing and kind of right. you know look at me like that. I'll hold back because I don't want my mom to worry and then text me outside of the group chat because I know that's what's going to happen because my mom is a caring individual who loves her family and wants them to do well. And I'm just like, you know what? Why have us have that conversation that's not necessary for this issue if it's really nothing and just not put that out there? That's essentially what's available to Lamar Jackson that he didn't take in this opportunity. Well, I still – I don't know, man. I'm still a champion of – I guess I'm still following too many family members or people from high school where like I just still want Twitter to be what it was in 2010 and like or like or in 2009. Like I want to be able to tweet nobody loves me and nobody texts me about it. Brandon, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to be able to say nobody I nobody I know loves me. You know what, Brandon? <laughs> just, just I want to shit off. I want to be able to go back to movie theaters and not have the calorie counts assaulting oh. me from the menu lines. But you know what? That's not the world we live in anymore. So as mm. much as I want it, I can say, hey, man, I wish I could just, hey, I came to this movie theater to sin. Like, I want to eat cheesy garlic mm. bread, a bunch well, of butter popcorn, off. and not worry about digesting six days worth of calorie intake. But that's not the world we live anymore. <laughs> so I can wish for something that's not there, or I can accept what is. That's all I'm saying. And, like, again, this is not to say that rules shouldn't change. The way that we cover things shouldn't get better and more nuanced. We shouldn't assume. We should just ask questions. But again, I think at the current juncture we're at, Lamar Jackson posting this as close to training camp as we are when he has not received a contract, I feel like people are more than within their rights to ask a few questions about is this about your deal? Absolutely. Because any change on social media, dealing with headers, bios, uh, I know we talked about it earlier in the podcast for our own. It's a big deal. I mean, because th- those things cannot change in perpetuity. Like, those things stay th- – I'll say this. When somebody's account no longer is active, they die, they get taken away, they just don't touch Twitter no more. That bio don't change. So I think it's important that all those little different things that people touch, 
that we take note of it because it means something. When when Kyler Murray scrubbed his account of his Instagram of all Arizona Cardinals stuff, we were like, mm, something seems off. And then was it uh, a week later or uh, a month later that we get an official uh, infographic from his agent about <laughs> what he wants to do and how he wants to move forward with the program amicably? It's like, oh, okay, so you were in your feelings for uh, about two months now. Right. Well, and like, you know what? And that's why I'll give Lamar credit in this is he addressed it right away. He was asked about it at a camp that he runs and he said, this isn't about that. And so now we can all take him at his word. With Kyler Murray, it was a lot more smoke and mirrors. It was a lot more cryptic. There was a lot more time in between. So Lamar Jackson handled it the absolute right way. It's just kind of a re-up of where we are at currently as a sports digesting culture and changing your header to something like that where it seems like, hey, all the time. And again, Coaches send messages in press conferences all the time. We know plenty of people. I mean, we have grown up in the LeBron James era where he is very much fit out or fit in, whatever he tweeted right. about Kevin Love back in the day on the Cavs. Like, we are not in an era that is above players sending messages on social media to their teammates, to organizations, to all the above, and vice versa. Like, hell, we've had the Mets owner and Steve Cohen out here tweeting very openly during his tenure. So it's there. It is a place where this stuff gets digested, and we can't act wild when people look at it and wonder hmm what's that another iteration of this is avatars very important to always look at because one thing that gave me calm with uh, Lamar Jackson uh, he had himself as the starting quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens throwing a pass um, in his avatar with the I need money thing so it's kind of went together I need money and I'm also a quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens but Kevin Durant's avatar people don't talk enough about this avatar do you, rec- do you know what his avatar is? No. Have you seen Tangled, the newest uh, Rapunzel Disney princess movie? That, I have that, not, that no. It came out when we were in college. Oh, you know what? But I do recognize this from the popular meme of state your most controversial opinion with yes. the um, brown hair. Finn? Bra- yeah, brown haired white man standing with a vest in the middle of a bunch of swords drawn on him. Yes, bunch of swords and knives, and he's got a very what y'all want look on his face, right? This is this is the energy that Kevin Durant gives off, right? And we're and we're we know this, we know this about him. But I wanted to tap into Disney real quick because I've been hanging around a lot of my nieces and nephews this last weekend, and I've also been going through my own body transformation. I've been uh, I need to get my body right. You know, it's training camp. I, I recognize that. Even in this life, I need to like, tighten up before the season gets here. That's what we're used to, like, you know, getting your body right and getting your mind right uh, for the, the marathon that is the football season. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, dude, I try and I try and lose, like, 15 pounds every year before football season because I know I'm going to gain at least 10 by the time the weather gets cold. There we go. We're on the same page. And, and by the way, start now, guys. Next quarter starts in October, so you got three months. And, you know, you'll be in the thick of things by then. But anyways – so I, I try to I try, sometimes we talk about me watching Rocky, get inspiration from that, the workouts and things like that. Like, oh yeah, I'm getting. So I decided to watch Rise this weekend, the Antetokounmpo story on Disney Plus. Oh. The three brothers, or five brothers, but you know the three that went to the NBA. That didn't do it for me. That didn't do it for me. What did do it for me was this. Uh, what was it? Was it Sunday? Sunday night or Sunday? Whatever. Niece and nephews around. Carter around. They had Moana on for the upteenth time. I've only seen actively the first 20 minutes of Moana. Have you seen 
Moana? I have, yes. Okay, so I haven't seen, I have, I've only seen, you know, when people are around, kids are around, you don't really get a chance. As an adult, you don't get to watch movies the way you used to. You get, you get it until something happens and you got to get up and start moving around. So, seeing Mount Maui, that was the body goals that I needed. Seeing Maui, he, that's exactly how I want to be built. That, that is what, hair, maybe not so much, probably go up, but like that, that big, that big, like that, that trunk body shape type, seeing that in a Pixar, or you know, not Pixar, Disney, whatever the hell it is, that was all I needed to see, Mike. Like, forget Dwayne DeRock Johnson, he did a decent job, you're welcome, all, that, all those good things, a lot of great songs in there, love the pig, uh, love the messaging, love the ocean, uh, love Tafiti, but that body, that body on Maui, I need that. He is like, I think in the truest sense of the word, thick. Yes, just like he's just he's two thick. he's he's two C thick. He's he's double cheeked up, yes. ready for the summer. Yes, body goals, big time. Uh, yes, that's why I'm, I'm I'm about to get on that. So, anyways, I, I see that I, I am that, and I, I thank you for letting me speak my mind. So, is that way is that your way of Moana. saying that as a goal for that you were going to make your avatar on Twitter Maui from Moana as a reminder of what you want to channel? Like, if we're looking, at I this was saying, getting there. I, I I reneged a little bit in my own mind. I was like, you know what? Let's not go that far because I wanted to get. You shouldn't always do everything that Kevin Durant does, as Damian Lillard said. Y'all soft out here. Leaving teams, running away from the grind. It's it's a lot easier to say that, by the way, when your team's willing to hand you $60 million a year to stay home. Like, man, I tell you what, I could stomach a fair amount of losing, too, if someone was trying to break me off like that. Right, right, yes. So, anyways, yes. I, maybe maybe when we get towards the fall and All y'all right. see that, y'all like, oh, oh, Brandon on his grizzly. Y- yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, right. and yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. Listen, you can manifest it. You can let it go on Twitter, but just know – us and your mom are probably going to have some questions about it if and whenever you make that change. That's always what's at stake on God's internet here. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to look at another major all-star game headline and some wild shit in the NFL. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Brandon. You just got a bunch of praise on it today from folks in the comment section on our Apple Podcast reviews. So I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to hope you have a good answer here. Brandon, do you know what time it is? That and the third. 
Alright, Brandon, you're getting kind of nice with this, which is really, like, unsettling me now because I was getting used to you sputtering and dying, puking up your guts out on the side of the road, and now you're actually kind of gotten good with this. So, this is what happens. Keep what gassing Brandon up in the comments, man. Keep If you guys gas Brandon up and he knows he's being praised for the job that he does in here, he'll keep doing it like that and giving you bars, so... Also, also keep nagging me as long as you keep someone keeps bringing up that I don't know if Brandon's going to be is the solution to this Gojo thing. I'll get better that week, too. So come on, bring all of it. There we go. Brandon demands pain and online interaction, which is always a dangerous combination. Brandon, let's get to this because I don't really like to delve too much into people's personal lives of the things they mm. do and do not do in these streets. But um mm -mm -mm. It's hard to ignore some of the Zach Wilson news over the last couple of days. So, Zach Wilson, like a lot of players that we see make the jump from college to pro, is no longer dating the person that he was dating while he was in college at BYU. But oh. apparently, the young woman he was dating has begun dating a former teammate of his that plays for a different team in the NFL. And while she was, first off, wrongly, like, going online and heckling the spouses, wives, girlfriends, partners, etc. of football players, athletes in general, bad, dumb. Do Grow not up. do that. Grow up. Yes. Stop it. Stop it Stop right it. now. I'm talking to you. Like, ima imagine I've rolled up a little newspaper and you're like a dog and I'm bopping you on the nose. I'm saying, Stop yes. it. No. Bad. I have a, I have a squirt bottle uh, full of water and I'm squirting at, like, a cat. Right at you. Get Stop away it. from that. It's dumb. It's dumb and mean. You just go touch some grass. The fuck's Stop. wrong with you? Stop clawing at the couch. It's weird. Mr. Wiggles. That being said, so someone someone went online to chastise her in the comment section on Instagram. And in a comment that I believe is now deleted, she commented because she was called a homie hopper. Mm. And I said, God, I said that in like my whitest white person voice of all time. And I was actually really proud of you for it. Cause uh, uh, let's yeah. be real. Who, whoever, no, actually, I was yeah. going to say whoever made it up was white, but now that I hear it in my mind, <laughs> sounds kind of like a black thing. I could, I, I, yeah, Brandon, I am not going to give what I'm not going to give white people that kind of credit for coming up with something that like creative <gasps> and clearly influential as to have already made its way into the Instagram D in, in the Instagram comments. So yes, yes. Uh, but whoever made it up, someone lobbed that at her, and she commented back and said, he was sleeping with his mom's best friend. That's mm. the real homie hopper. Mm. Now, mm. we don't know if any of this and is true. Look. Zach Wilson's been seen going around with some girl who is, I think, a TikTok influencer or something of that like. Duh. Like, there's been pictures of them at, you know, sporting events and stuff, the usual tabloid stuff that goes on in New York. But Brandon, in a city that loved themselves, some Broadway Joe Namath and lionizes characters Man. like that, and we know how people operate with football and how much they love that kind of stuff, this feels like something that Jets fans are going to kind of eat up. I mean, this is something that they wanted in the scouting report. Like, this is what they wanted to be excited about coming into the game. Like, after you've seen some of those, like, 60-yard bombs after a scramble that he's been able to throw down the field, like, you knew this was in him. Like, you're like, oh, this is what was missing. Like, I was wondering <laughs> To be what clear, going on what here. this is, what this is by many has been described as that dog. <laughs> Yes, everyone now, oh, Jets fans are rallying behind Zach Wilson in a terrible, uh, 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 we frown upon this 
you know, I'm, I'm trying you know, to act you know, like I, I don't like this masculinity I, well, uh, thing I, that's going on. I, I would say I would say this like obviously a lot of it's grounded in that like we love stories right. of people's sexual escapades that aren't our own. And again, in oh, all this, do like, we? man, like I don't give a shit who Zach Wilson is going out with or like do like if they're consenting adults. Yes. Do it. Do what you do. Like that's business right. for you and your crew to work out. That is not for me. I'm just sitting here understanding. Like this is how you start to get certain bits of folklore built up around quarterbacks in this particular league. Oh yes, absolutely. But also shout out to that fan who said, "Homie Hopper," who gave us this information. Right? Like I'm not a big fan of the ex-girlfriend putting his bedroom business out into the street. I am a fan of it being information that comes via a clapback uh, from a, a, a fan that probably should have been minding his own business, like we said, squirting the yeah. bad, Bob, no, bad, bad. Newscaker, newspaper. Bad. So I, I'm not a big fan of that. But also, talking about who to blame here, we can't blame Zach Wilson's mother's best friend, allegedly, for throwing it at Zach Wilson when he was about to be one of the top quarterbacks taken. Like, a lot of people – I mean, Chris Sims had him at number one. Let's remember. So, in the BYU circles, I mean, I, I know there was a lot of – I'm not going to get into this, but people were very, very excited to see Zach Wilson's mother during that draft cycle uh, on television. I'm sure people want to see Zach Mother's best friend, who uh, Zach Wilson may or may not had uh, – Relations with may, I am, may, know, may or may not know biblically, biblically if we're speaking in, in the Mormon uh, <laughs> terminology. I am but, loving uh, watching listen, you try and tap dance around all of this. Like you are just circling the edges of this conversation without wanting to dip a toe in, really. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all, Brandon. I mean, it's like, listen. This man went from BYU to New York City. That man went man. from BYU to New York City. There were man. going to be some changes in his lifestyle. I just don't think that many people had him pegged based on the young man we saw on draft night in his man. suit who looked clearly afraid when he was standing there around his peers and all those shots and then sent out those pictures of him reading his cell phone, looking like a guy that was an early investor in Bitcoin, enjoying it on the rise <laughs> at that point. I don't think many people predicted this course of action for him, and I think that there's just a little bit of surprise by everyone involved. Yes. He's coming from the uh, place, a land of soaking and landing in a, a land of, of sex. And uh, quite frankly, maybe he knows more than he's letting off to know. Maybe, you know, maybe Babyface Assassin, maybe he actually is Chucky. He looked like Chucky. Everybody's talking about he looked kind of looked like Chucky in the face. Maybe he's out here killing it. Brandon, let's get to that. That is a much more normal headline that we will not have to inch around in fear. As Los Angeles Angels star Shohei Itani got elected to the American League All-Star team as a pitcher and a hitter yes. for the second consecutive year. Um, Otani was the DH for the AL team and selected by uh, MLB as a pitcher. Um, the game is going to take place in Dodger Stadium, so obviously not super far from Anaheim where they play the games. All of it's awesome, Brandon. And last year, it, it was so interesting. We were all very quick to praise baseball for understanding you had a special thing happening 
Let mm-hmm. it be special at the All-Star Game, which is supposed to be the celebration of the sport, which is supposed to be the big rallying cry for the summer. Like, this is supposed to be what gets it done for the sport, and they embraced it last year. And it feels like, comparatively, for Shohei Atani, who statistically, in certain ways, might be having an even better season than he had last year at this same juncture, not getting the same amount of buzz as a testament to, once again, just what a soul-crushing force of awful the Angels are. Like, that team tricked us all for yeah. a little bit at the beginning of the season and then very quickly ripped the wheel, ripped the steering column out of the plane and just started to nosedive this thing. Yeah, and in a time where obviously baseball is not dead, uh, shout out to Jarek Robinson, the Baseball is Dead podcast. In a time where baseball is high-key lit, if you will, the Angels are high-key shit. They are indeed. Uh, they are just no two ways about it. They're bad. They've been an organization that's managed to take Mike Trout and Shohei Itani and somehow render them useless during the most important part of the MLB cal- calendar. And so Major League Baseball is honestly going to have to keep inventing creative ways to celebrate Mike Trout and Shohei Itani while they're in the middle of the season at the All-Star break because it's becoming more and more clear that as long as they reside with that team, we're not going to get to celebrate them in October when the baseball actually matters. Like That's the worst yeah. part about this is we have have two guys that are so great that Mike Trout by all accounts has been like the greatest player of this generation and has touched heights that very few ever will and we never get to see him play any meaningful baseball once the postseason gets started so we better keep finding cool shit for them to do in these let's show hey play more positions here let Mike Trout bat multiple times through the same order let him bat one like we need to figure out some sort of weird <laughs> golden bat bullshit to keep maximizing these guys because we're not going to get them anywhere else you know okay now, do you remember uh, King Griffey Jr., Mariners for a long time, Cincinnati Reds? And I think he finished off his career in a very weird place. Was it the – Never heard of him. Oh, stop. We're, I'm t- I, all I'm saying is there's a chance that we get a, a tail-end Otani. We get some uh, very important games out of a tail-end Otani and tail-end of his career. That would be I, fun. L- listen, I, ho- I hope so. I hope so. Was he 26, 27? I think Shohei's 28. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we got we got some time. Listen, again, I hope so. I I hope we see freedom for Shohei. Mike Trout, it seems more of a lost cause at this point. Like he's just gonna stay out there and keep cashing. And listen, again, I can't begrudge him. It's the Dame Lillard theory. If someone was willing to offer me lottery ticket money to stay in a place that is on the left coast where I can live in a nice area, enjoy good weather, and just have to watch very frustrated as we've seen Mike Trout sometimes at his teammates tipping pitches from the outfield, so be it. Maybe it's worth it. You're already going to go down-goaded. Maybe you can stomach that. But I'd like to see Shohei get to spread his wings because he hasn't been there as long and hasn't had to have his soul fully dementored by the Angels. Stat boy Brandon uh, looked it up live. King Griffey Jr. ended his career with the Chicago White Sox. And I remember it was important to a lot of people who, you know, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago to get to see him at the end of his career there. So that's that's what I'm hoping for for Otani. We all hope that for Shohei. So congratulations. We're looking forward to All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles. We should have some cool stuff lined up there for you guys on that front. But um, Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. 
Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. Brandon, let's get to the third, and I think... Uh, to close this out, I know this is someone that was near and dear to you. And I think it's always a good reminder that we talk about sports a lot of times when it gets to the professional level, when it gets to the college level, which feels like the professional level at times and all of the very like business-like aspects of sports that are such a part of this, but so much of the athletic experience for most people, 99% of the human population and certainly the population of this country, it's going to happen at the youth level, the high school level, like the community level where most people are going to develop their love or their relationship with this sport. And it takes a lot of special people to make that possible. Yes. And the, the woman that, basically started my football career. Obviously, I, I give a lot of credit to my mother and all the things that she sacrificed in my father, uh, his general interest in, in playing in, in high school and getting me interested in it and watching it. But playing, playing the actual game of football, Mama Lou. Mama Lou uh, in the PRP, Pleasure Ridge Park community of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, if you've been around Pleasure Ridge Park, PRP, you know who Mama Lou is. Uh, been in the youth league circles. Uh, she passed this weekend and um, it's a sad time for a lot of people and uh, she touched a lot of lives started my football career started a lot of our football careers who uh, are still in it coaching uh, the head coach at PRP's high school right now played youth league uh, football at, at PRP community league youth league where I played um, and we're just very uh, very sad that an era has ended in that regard uh, she obviously gave up the rings a little bit ago um but it's one of those things where like mama lou i don't even know her real name i don't know how old she was you know what i mean her husband was the former prp football coach that no longer was a football coach but still came to every practice and had his finger like nub cut off in some type of accident and would drive that that nub right in your chest when he's getting into you about being lazy or whatever it is so you know it's those type of people that make you fall in love with sports, really. And uh, they're always around and right around the corner if you need a ride and those type of things. So um, it's a sad time in Louisville, uh, PRP, for, for all those. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, going to that funeral and being around a lot of people that I started loving this game around. Haven't seen them in a very, very long time. Haven't seen Mama Lou in a very long time. Um, and yeah, just continue to, to reach out to people uh, who, who made the journey for you special. And I know it's individual for everyone, but I, I, I'd, I'd be remiss on this podcast about sports um, to not mention uh, the passing of someone who, who got me started so, so long ago. Yeah, and I, I always hope for everyone in their sports lifetime that they get someone like that, right? Because we spend so much time talking a lot about you know stories that come out about bad sports parents or people that are 
taking it too seriously or making a negative effect on it because those are the things that make headlines when you've got videos of people berating referees or umpires and stuff like that like there are so many more people that are going out of their way and taking time away from their normal jobs or their everyday life or their own families to try and make this experience that they think is valuable because of what it meant to them valuable to other people hospitable to other people something where young people can grow and learn about themselves in what's supposed to be a safe and really fun environment like I played sports as a kid because we moved a bunch when my dad was finishing up playing and getting into media, and it was the easiest way to make friends. Like, the Mm. only rule my family had was if you started a sport that season, you finished it out that season. And if you wanted to be done with it after that, you could be. But it was a great way to meet people in the area. You were active. You learned a lot of stuff through that. And Like, that's, that's what sports at its base level should be, a fun space for you to grow, meet people, and learn how to be a teammate, to think about other people over yourself at times. Yeah, I mean, learn how to grow up in, in a lot of ways and, and learn about who you are as a person. You know what I mean? A lot of times you don't even get to see who you are until you're faced with some adversity and get a chance to respond to it. You're like, oh, I, I thought that's who I was, and it's good to know that that's how I react to things. But uh, back to Mama Lou, I mean, she gave me my first jobs at, in middle school when I was holding the chains for the rest of the youth league games, you know, collecting my, my $20 a game. And then even when we start, when we met Mike, uh, I never came to any Notre Dame football games. My first football game I ever went to was when I was on the team, had a helmet on because Mama Lou was giving me the opportunity to call the games in my youth league, uh, 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 home games, um, during the weekends on Saturdays where when Notre Dame was playing. I was busy trying to give these kids nicknames and, you know, hype them up from the from the announcer booth like I got when I was in their shoes, uh, when I was, you know, six, seven-year-old, eight-year-old tackling people and that nickname Brandon the Hitman Newman. Like, I, all this was centered around this community of football and Mama Lou that she created. So, um, sad, sad time, but obviously all of our times come at some point, but I just want to give, you know, pull it back to just something that we can all relate to. Like the people that got us into into the sports that we know and love, like before we even could think that this was, it was going to be so important in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to Mama Lou there. Uh, Brandon, I will say in, in that very like touching tribute, I was also shocked that, again, as we talk about the many nicknames around you, I had no idea you were called Brandon the Hitman Newman. And I just <laughs> add that to the pile now of nicknames that, again, we started this show under the guise that you had no nicknames, and now you've got a bunch Man. of them, including one that I, who have known you for like 16 years, didn't even know. But youth league lore, youth, youth league legend is, is like no other. Because you can make it up a lot. Like, here's something. I'll give you a little fact to it. You may, may think I'm making it up. I scored the only points of a, of a, of a shutout game. Very defensive game, my youth league. I believe it was the, the 10-year-olds. Uh, 10-year-olds versus the 10-year-olds. And I got a safety in that game. We won. And, See, uh, that, that's, that is the best part it. about youth league, too, is – if you were good enough, people will believe most of that stuff, and True. none of it is able to be accessed via the internet. I'm not no, going to no, be able man. to lie very much about Notre Dame getting their ass whooped by Alabama in the national title <laughs> because my kids are going to know how to work Google, but youth league stuff <sighs> can lie all day long. All day long. Speaking of all day long, sometimes I'm sure it feels like that for you getting to the end of this podcast here. We appreciate you doing it anyway. We appreciate you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever you get your podcast, leaving us a five-star rating, leaving us reviews where you praise Brandon for what he has done with the this, that, and the third intro, for what we should do with the bio, and many other things. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.